one key, one key. If there could only be one key that we could come to understand, one key that I could speak about, one key to the supernatural flow of God in our lives, if there could only be one, one thing that we have to understand more importantly than any other thing, it is God's love for us. It unlocks everything else in the scripture. It is the key to your faith. It is to key, the key to the supernatural walk here on earth. Is knowing in what manner God loves you and knowing how much he loves you. So that's what we're going to talk about. Everything, everything in your life, your spiritual life, your carnal life, your personality, your relationships with other people, it is all determined. It is all influenced by or defined by your acceptance of God's love for you. Everything in your life hinges on it. Everything. Absolutely everything. You are loved by God whether you do good or bad. You are loved by God whether or not you obey him or you disobey him. You are loved by him whether you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or whether you don't. His love never changes. It never diminishes he has unconditional, eternal love for you. It does not depend on your works at all. It is because of who he is. He loves the one yet to believe on him as much as he loves the one who already believes on his son, Jesus Christ. Love is his nature. Love is who he is. Love is the spirit of God. And every choice we make, every choice we make, every choice we've ever made, every choice we will ever make, is influenced by whether or not we understand God's love for us. Everything you do hinges on it. Everything. So your revelation, your revelation, my revelation of how much God loves me will determine how much I trust him. And how much I trust him changes everything. How much I trust him changes everything. It determines whether or not I'm going to truly let him into my life. It determines whether I'm going to allow all his goodness to flow into my life, whether I'm going to believe him for all his goodness, whether I'm going to believe him for all his promises, whether I'm going to believe that the power in the power that he really has for me here on this earth. So if you think 
If you think that a person doesn't love you, do you trust them? Hello? No, you don't. You don't trust someone that doesn't think that you, that, that, that person has your best interests in mind, that they really care about you, that they love you, that they are concerned for you, that they have your, your well-being in their heart. You don't trust that person. You don't, you don't think they love you, so you don't trust them. We must come to full revelation of how much God loves us. We must. We must. You see... God acted to show his love to us. We're going to get into that. He showed us his love in action. And how much we trust him becomes the, the rudder for our entire lives. You see, you cannot rest in a relationship where you feel that someone doesn't love you. You can't rest. You have no peace. We can rest. Once we have full revelation of how much God loves us, we can rest in him. We can have peace in him. And our hearts are always seeking peace. And he speaks to us in ways of peace. Hallelujah. So, how much we trust him determines, how much we trust God determines whether we're going to obey him or whether we're going to disobey him. It determines whether or not we're going to allow him to rule and reign in our life. Right? Whether or not we're going to circumcise our hearts before him. Because when you trust someone, don't you feel, when you, when you know they love you and you trust them, you can lay your heart bare before them? You don't do that if you don't know someone loves you. You won't lay your heart bare. You'll protect yourself. You'll defend yourself. you put up walls. You know? Well, he came to destroy the walls. Jesus came. He, he tore the veil. He gave us entrance to the fullness of God. To destroy the wall of separation. He doesn't want there to be any separation between you and him. Hallelujah. See, we, how much we understand that another person loves us, it also affects how we treat others. Right? You get that? Because if we are secure and confident in our lives, and believe me, when you understand how much God loves you, you can walk securely and confidently in the midst of persecution in the midst of what other people think about you, in, in the midst of how good or how bad your job is, how much money you make or don't make, how many friends you have or don't have. You see, when you know God loves you, you put your confidence in him. You put your identity in him. You understand where your identity comes or from where your identity comes. And so, when you do that, you don't walk around feeling, you, you're confident, you, you, you don't walk around feeling like you have to defend yourself. I don't have to defend myself to anybody. 
when I understand the love of God and when I'm walking in the love of God. The only way we can walk in the love of God is to know the love of God. That's the only way we can do it. You see, I know he's going to take care of me because of how much he loves me. I don't care what's going on out there. I don't need to be afraid. He doesn't give me a spirit of fear. I can be confident. I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to cheat others because maybe I won't get mine. Because God knows what's going to bless me best, and his heart is to bless me. I don't have to protect my territory. It's not my territory anyway. It's his. Everything I have comes from him. Purely. I don't need to protect anything. I don't need to watch out for number one. I'm not number one. I shouldn't even want to be number one. I should just want to let his glory shine through me all the time. And say to God be the glory. I only did that because of him. He is my all in all. We don't have to constantly be guarded in this life. We can take down the walls. We can share our burdens, saints. You can share your burdens. You know that? Do you know there are people who love like God that are not going to condemn you because of a burden you're carrying or a weakness? You don't have to feel shame when you feel like you don't measure up. You don't even have to feel like you don't measure up. Because you are chosen in the beloved when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Does that, am I making sense to y'all? I hope so. So when we understand that God's going to do what's best for us, we're going to want to do the best for other people. You know, we don't want to just keep it all ourselves. When, when he loves us, we, we have a heart to love others. Right? We, we want them to see the same goodness over abundant, pouring out in their lives because that's the heart that God has to us. God has forgiven. God has forgiven us of so much and we want to walk in a heart of forgiveness toward others at that point. We want to demonstrate that same character to others. When we know how much he loves us, we can do that. We can demonstrate the same heart that he has to us so it totally determines how you treat other people. It's so important. For you to understand how much and in what manner he loves you. How much he, how much we understand that he loves us determines how much we love ourselves. You know you should love yourself because of Christ. He died for you you don't love yourself, you can't fulfill the scripture that says love your neighbor as yourself. You have to come to, we have to come to an understanding of his great love for us and receive it, accept it, love ourselves and then love others. It's the only way to do it. So, since understanding his love of us, for us, determines how much we trust him. It will influence every single relationship, every choice you make in relationships, every single relationship it will influence. 
So there is no other key more important than this key. He sent Jesus. We're, we're in the time of Christmas. He sent Jesus to demonstrate his love for us. Okay? And we need to be the demonstration of that love to others. But the only way we can do that is to receive the love that he has for us and understand how great, how magnanimous, how awesome, how beautiful, how all-encompassing it really is. Because it will determine every interaction in our lives. It is the fundamental principle. How much you understand, whether you understand how much God loves you, whether I understand how much God loves me, will determine whether I allow myself to be treated as a doormat or whether I become a bully. So many people are in hurting relationships because they don't understand how much God loves them, so they allow themselves to be treated like dirt. And God doesn't want that. Our relationships with our husbands and, and our significant you know, others, people that we're dating or whether, whatever, should reflect God's heart of love toward us. You don't deserve to be treated like a doormat. You shouldn't be a bully either. <laughs> Knowing this will determine whether we are prideful or whether we choose to be selfless. It will determine whether we are judgmental or compassionate. It'll determine whether you are patient or whether you are demanding. It'll determine whether you see yourself as a victim, which none of us has a right to do, or whether you see yourself as a victor. We are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. His love allows you, regardless of situation, regardless of circumstance, to walk as a victor in this earth. In his kingdom, you are priests and kings. It'll determine whether you live a peaceful life or a tumultuous and an anxious life knowing how much he loves you. It'll determine whether you are kind or whether you are harsh, whether you are self-controlled or whether you are impulsive and confused. He doesn't give us a confused life. So if we're confused, somewhere we're not letting in the love of God. We're not believing in the love of God. Whether we allow the love and the nature of God, the spirit of God, the very spirit of love, that's who he is. He is the spirit of love. Whether we allow that to heal us, whether we allow that to cleanse us, whether we allow that to purify us, all depends on whether we believe it or not. He is the healer. He is the redeemer. He is the provider. He is the banner, the one that goes before you. He does hem you in. He is your protector. You see? But you're not going to believe any of that unless you first believe the love that he has for you. And know that it is not dependent on you. It is not dependent on what you do or don't do. 
Yes, when you sin, does he want us to come back to repentance? Of course, because then we can walk right back into understanding his love for us. Right? Our understanding of his love for us is the rudder for our entire lives. It's the most important key. And it is only by the love of God that we will enter the supernatural walk here on earth. It is the only understanding his love for us, grasping, having revelation knowledge of his love for us is the only way we will operate in the divine on this earth. Could I put it any more strongly? So very important. So very important. It sets our course and our direction. It determines every plan we make. It determines the dreams that we pursue or don't pursue. If we know he loves us, we know he's supporting us. We'll step out on the water. We'll pursue that dream. We won't see ourselves as failures when we make mistakes because his love is there to catch us. You know, a while back I wrote this thing and it was called, don't remember what it's called right now, but it's out there. I'd like every single one of you to get it and read it. It talks about how God's love for us, that it is a pool of liquid love. It's a pool of liquid love. And y'all should read it. Anyway, knowing his love for us, that having a true heart revelation will determine our level of hope in this life. You see, he has good plans for us. He has hope and a future for us. But whether we understand his love determines whether or not we have hope for ourselves and whether we're going to walk in that hope. It will influence our dreams, our hopes, our expectations in this life. How much God loves you will set the level of your expectation in this life. That's important. What are you expecting? I'm expecting all the fullness of God because I know how much he loves me. I'm expecting the mercies of God, the goodness of God. I'm expecting every promise in the word to come true in my life, in my children's life, in your lives. I expect it because I know I have a loving father. I expect all his good, great, wonderful, beautiful dreams, visions, plans, promises, all of them. They're all mine. They're all mine. I'm not settling for second best. You see, that's the deception of the devil, that his promises are too good to be true. That's a deception of the devil. His life for you is goodness and peace kindness, abundant joy. Hallelujah. So when I am secure, when you are secure in God's love for you, when you are secure in God's love for you, even the most challenging situation will not daunt your hope. It doesn't matter what the challenge is. It doesn't matter what's going on out there. You see? It won't discourage you. I don't ever get discouraged 
You ever get discouraged? I don't ever get discouraged. Well, maybe sometimes I did. But the, no- the more I know about Jesus, <laughs> the less and less it's true. I might get discouraged if I feel like someone's not understanding the hope of the gospel. But I know that his love will always get through. That every seed planted will have a beautiful harvest. And we just have to stand in that hope. Hallelujah. So God is love. That is his nature. We have to understand that in order to truly, you know how we've been talking about walking in the fullness, walking in, the, in that we have a recreated life, that we, ha- we are the new creation life. You know that? We've been talking about that? Okay? So in order to truly walk in the fullness, to grasp that, to, to, to walk in that, we must understand his love for us, that he is the spirit of love. So we're going to go to some scriptures because, of course, I don't want you to just take my word for anything ever. Ever, ever, ever. You should never take my word for it. You take the, the word of God for it, right? So we're going to go to some scriptures. And we're first going to talk about how God put his love into action. That he put his heart on the line for us. Did you ever think of it that way? He put his heart on the line for us. He demonstrated his love for us so that we can know that his love for us is undeniable. It is undeniable. 1 John 4, 9 and 10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Live through him. What does that mean? Living through Christ. That means all the fullness of Christ. That means everything that is in Christ is our inheritance. That's what that means. No shortcomings. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. See, he did not require us to give, up, give our love first. He gave his love first. He demonstrated his love first. Right? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Hallelujah. And of course that means eternal life with the Father, right? But you know what? It also means that we will not be perishing here on the earth. There's a lot of perishing going on out in the world. And we don't have to be part of it. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Those who are in Christ, now therefore there is no condemnation for them. He came to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, sin has no dominion over you anymore. It has no dominion. It, can, it loses, let's put it this way, it loses its power to condemn you. The act of a sin 
loses its power to condemn you because we can just run right on back into the arms of a loving father. Right? So at that point, it loses all of its condemning power. We just repent. We move on. We're accepted. In the, we, we are accepted in the, in the beloved, whether we sin or not. Understanding the sacrifice of the, of the son is essential. That's why we spent so much time on that whole It Is Finished series. If you didn't hear them all, get them. It is so important that we understand everything that he went through to give us this new life. Because when we understand that, we understand his true love for us, the depth of his love, the width, the breadth, the height of his love for us. It's important. If we understand the sacrifice, we understand his heart of love. If we don't understand the sacrifice, we don't understand his heart of love. If we haven't received Jesus Christ into our lives, we don't understand the true heart of love. It's, it's, head, it's head, like we hear about it maybe, but then when we receive him into our lives as Lord, we get new revelation of his love for us. Knowing the sacrifice that Jesus made is knowing the character of God. Did you get that? Knowing the sacrifice that he made is knowing God's character toward us. It's knowing his love toward us. So, let's look at a scripture about how God defines love because his definition of love is going to be his heart for you. Right? However he defines love is how he thinks toward you. It's his heart for you. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. Think, when, we, when we read this, think about him. This is how he is toward you. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always, can we understand that word? Always. Not only when you're perfect. It always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Love never fails. So let's go through, and I, here's this nice list, beautiful list. This is God's heart toward you, and, and when we believe the love, then we can walk this way toward other people. And life is very good then. Life is very good when we walk this way. There will be no demon in hell that can come against you, have any hold on you, when we walk this way. So we're going to go through it, though, because we're going to look at these words, and then we're going to find other scripture that shows you that this is really true, that this is how God thinks, that this is how he is toward you. First, God is patient and kind, and that's even to a thousand generations. 
Second Peter 3 9. We're going to go through bunches and bunches of scripture. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. He is patient with you. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So he is patient with us when we make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. When the lights are out, when we've turned out the lights and, you know, there's like not a whole lot going on there and, 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 and we need to let the light in and the truth in. He's patient. He wouldn't say, he wouldn't say this. Look, he says, not wishing for any to perish but for all to come to repentance. He wouldn't have your mistakes in mind if he didn't think you needed to repent, Right? So his whole goal is, yes, you can come to repentance. Well, you only need to repent if you make mistakes. So your mistakes, he's patient with you. Man, y'all are yawning and everything today. I, I, I think this is great material. I've seen more yawns today than I've seen in weeks. <laughs> Well, I'm excited about the love. Psalm 145, 13 and 17. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. He made you. He's loving toward you. End of discussion. You never have to question that again. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving toward all he has made. Psalm 103.4 Who redeems your life from the pit who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. He crowns your life with that. He's not saying only when you're perfect. He's saying he crowns your life with loving kindness and compassion. That's what he has toward you. Psalm 89.33 but I will not break off my loving kindness from him, nor deal falsely in my faithfulness. Do you see what he's saying there? He's saying, I'm not going to be false in my faithfulness toward you. He tells us in Psalms that to the faithful he is faithful. When you believe in him, he is faithful to you, and he is not going to disregard that faithfulness regardless of what you do. He says it right there. I will not deal falsely in my faithfulness. Your mistakes are not going to make God out to be a liar. He says he will not break off his loving kindness from you. Jeremiah 31.3 The Lord appeared to him from afar saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Wow, can you just let that wash over your spirit for a minute? I have loved you with an everlasting love. Wow. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. It is his mercy and his loving kindness that draws us unto repentance. He's not self-seeking. He sent his own son to die for you. He's not self-seeking. 
He's not proud or boastful. He is not easily angered. And don't you know you do things that could make him angry? I know I do. I know I test him. I know I test him. You know you test him. You know he could be really, really angry if he wanted to. And he says right here that he will not be easily angered at us. Thank you, Lord. I need that. I need that. Thank you for that mercy. Thank you for that mercy in my life. Exodus 34. I'm going to read it first out of Rotherham's Emphasized, verse 6. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, Yahweh, the Lord of compassion and favor. Psalm 5 says, his favor is round about you like a shield. Hallelujah. Yahweh, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and favor. Slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and faithfulness, keeping loving kindness to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. Wow. Another translation there says, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. And I like this one because it actually says, he says, God says, I am slow to anger. He says it of himself. I am slow to anger and filled, filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. He goes on to say this, I, this is God speaking, I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity rebellion that's your intentional sin rebellion i forgive iniquity rebellion and sin do you know you love that much do you understand that you love that much he keeps no record of our wrongs none unceasingly forgiving of our sins unceasingly when we turn to him 1 John 9, 1 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we just turn to him we just say ah we have a heart change Right? We have a heart change. How could you ever want to sin against this type of a person anyway that is all love towards you? How could you even want to do anything wrong? When, when, you fall in, when you understand how much God loves you, you will so fall in love with him that it will be hard to sin. It'll be so hard. It'll be so grievous. So you understand how much he loves you. 
It is like, it is so painful. Even the littlest thing. And then the Holy Spirit will, you know, come in and talk to you in your spirit, and you're, you'll go like, for the first little bit, you'll probably go, I don't care. And then you'll go, I know I do care. I really do care. Because even when you said you didn't care, you knew you did. Right? I mean, isn't that kind of like human nature? See, but he gives us, he transforms us. We stay in the word, and he transforms us. And the more we walk with him, the more that we, first of all, it doesn't even come to our mind to sin then, right? And then when we do, we're, that's one of the ways he protects us. We're, we're, we're kind of like stepping into dangerous water, and he's like, uh-uh. You see, he quickens our spirit, and then he protects us that way. And we stay back, and we're like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sin no more. In other words, you're going to have to bring it up to him. But because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, why would you bring it back up to him once you've taken it to him and laid it at the cross? Why would you? You don't need to do that. You don't need to keep hitting yourself over the head with the same old stick you know, I did this wrong, this wrong. Okay, he already said. I am he who blots out your transgression for my own sake and remembers your sin no more. Now you have people in your life that just... Yeah. You have people in your life that love to bring up your sin. Hold it over your head. But that's not God. And the only reason you would ever think that God was that way is because that's how people have treated you. But you see, he's so much more above all that we can imagine or think. His ways are so much higher. His love for us is so much greater. So he, he doesn't do that. He would never do that. He delivers us from our transgressions. He delivers us from our mistakes. He forgets them and puts them out of his heart. As far as the east is from the west. Psalm 103.12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, because of his grace, does that mean you're just going to sin more and more? Absolutely not. <laughs> that would be stupid. Because when you choose to sin, you're going to bring pain into your life and everybody else's life around you. You know, maybe if we all realize that, that when we sin, when we bring sin into our, our own lives, we bring pain into everybody else's life. And then we just turn back and we go, okay, Lord, please help me do it. Please help me do it your way. Your way. See, he has cleansing. He has healing that he wants us to receive. And when we do things his way, we walk in that. Hallelujah. His love for you does not delight in evil. Doesn't delight in evil. Or evil done toward you. So that would be the evil, if, any kind of evil. But it would be the evil that you do, that I do. Or evil done toward us. In other words, 
He's not sitting there gloating when, when we mess up. He's not sitting there gloating. I knew you couldn't do it. I knew you couldn't do it. I knew it all along. I knew you were going to fail. I just knew it. You know, people will talk to you that way, but God will never talk to you that way. Never, ever. He never sees you as a failure. And you shouldn't let the world talk to you that way. You shouldn't talk to your way that, yourself that way. He does not rejoice when harm comes to you. No, he does not. He does not rejoice when you disappoint yourself or when you disappoint others. You know, people can, a lot of people, they'll sit around and wait for you mess. You know why they do that? You know why someone gets so happy when you mess up? Because it's a very sick way of them promoting themselves and puffing themselves up. If you ever get into a relationship and someone is always putting somebody else down, could you just like run as far away from that person as you possibly can? I am so serious. There are some people, they, they get into this, and it's a sick, sick relationship. And they get into this, you get into this relation, not anyone here at RCC, but a people, they get into this relationship together. And this person over here is just like, here's, here's the one friend, and here's the person that's going to criticize everybody. And they, they start criticizing, put everybody else down. What do you think they're, that they're doing behind your back? You see, but they're doing that to somehow gain some sort of honor from this person or some sort of respect or something. It's sick. Run away from those people. Can I just say something else that wasn't planning on saying? But you, you know where God talks about the seven detestable sins? He does mention a lot of things. But you know what he mentions twice? Lying and bearing false witness against another. What is gossip? That's right. That's right. Gossip, bearing false witness, it is a detestable sin. It is murder. So, when we gossip, oh, I'm just trying to help that person. I'm just trying to, you know, get some good gossip out. No. You can talk to that person. You can lift them up in the word. But keep your tongue silent when you go to other people. I don't know where that came from, but anyway. <laughs> See, God doesn't do that with us. He's not a tailbearer. He's a healer. He's a healer. And we can go to him with our secrets. And he keeps them that way. There is a time. There's there is a scripture that says, let me judge myself so that I, you know, that I will not be judged in public. But man, he's been so patient by that time. He has been so patient, and even at that, even at that point, what he's doing there is unto your own salvation so that you can turn it around, so that I can turn it around. 
but he will always give us the opportunity to handle it in secret with him first. Always. Always. Because he's always speaking to us. But anyway, back to what I was saying. I wasn't planning on any of that, but God is not going to sit there and say, see, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, so as a result, you deserve this punishment, and this evil is going to come upon you. No, that is not his heart toward us. That is not his heart toward us. You goofed up. You deserve this penalty. Yes, do we deserve a penalty? Probably, but here's the deal. His love for us sent his son Jesus Christ to die so that we can repent and be redeemed back into his love, which never, ever left us to begin with. It never changes. He loves us no matter how far into the pit we go. He doesn't want us there. We might turn our backs and we might think all these horrible things about God, about he doesn't love us, he doesn't care, why is he letting me do this? Well, he didn't let, you know, that was your choice, especially if you have the word. But he always is loving you no matter what, through every situation. No matter how deep, no matter how dark, and he is always beckoning you back into loving arms. Always. So, the scripture tells us that God is merciful, that he is merciful toward us. Micah 7.18 Who is a God like you, who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnants of his inheritance? Thank you, Lord. You do not stay angry forever, but delight, delight, delight to show mercy. It is his delight to show mercy. Run into his arms and receive mercy. We can, we can be like this. We can be like this to others. When somebody runs to you with a deep, dark secret or a pain or a hurt or a shame that they're feeling in their lives, you can be mercy. It doesn't mean you don't tell them the word. The word is the most merciful thing you can do for anybody. Because it will flatten the mountains. It will make the rocky places smooth. It will make the crooked places straight for them. It will deliver them from pain and confusion and anguish. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4.16 let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. You see, you can only have confidence if you know he loves you. The only way is that you know he loves you. That's the only way you will have confidence before him. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. In your time of need, he wants you to run to him and find mercy. In the midst of every sin, in the midst of the darkness, he wants you to be confident in him. In the midst of the problem, in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the torment, in the midst of the mistake that you made, he wants you to be confident of his love for you. Check your shame at the door and approach his throne. 
confidently knowing that he loves you and he's going to help you fix it sister he's going to help you fix it brother he says he's there for you in your time of need he is your help he is your rescue Lamentations 3.22 The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. That's good news. That is good news. That is the best news. That is the best news you can have in your life. If you just believe it. The steadfast, steadfast, steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Whoa. I want to be like that. I want to be like that. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O oh God. Hallelujah. You have a faithful God whose love for you never changes, run into his arms, lay the weights down, lay the burdens down, and receive the only love that will ever heal. God's love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Wow, don't you want to be that to somebody else? No matter what they're going through, you can say, I've got hope for you, honey. I have got hope for you. I'm going to be right here with you. I'm going to persevere through this thing with you. You can do that if you receive God's love for you first. You can be to others what he is to you. This is his character toward you. This is his art toward you. Psalm 91 because you have made the Lord your dwelling, my refuge, the Most High, no evil will befall you, no plague will approach your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Legions of angels ministering for the Beloved, you are the beloved. You are the beloved if you believe in Christ. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They will lift you up in their hands. You do not have to go through life stumbling and striking your foot against the stones. The Lord, how about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How about he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies? You can dine on the grandest affairs, and your enemies are just going to sit out there and watch. They can't do anything about it. You see his heart for you? God is for you. He is not against you. Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? No one. No one. What does it matter 
in the secular world? What does it matter in the carnal if somebody is against you? It, it matters not. It matters not. I know you've heard me say that scripture over and over and over again. I care very little if I'm judged by you because God is my judge. He has good plans for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. If you get to a place where you don't have hope in the promises of God, you see this beautiful promise of God and you don't see your life measuring up to that, don't give up on the hope. Don't give up on the plan. Don't say that plan's not for me. That's the devil talking to you. Just don't listen. Just say your time was up long ago when Jesus came. Your time was over. He has good plans for you. He has a good future for you. He has all the promises of God for you. Completely fulfilled. Nothing running short. He never gives up on you. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on the dreams and the plans and the vision right here in this word that God has for you. Don't give up on it. No matter what. Isaiah 46.4. Listen to this. This is awesome. Audrey told me about this scripture one day. Even to your old age and your gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. Is that beautiful? I have made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. Is that a beautiful scripture? If you're going through some sort of difficulty or, or something where you just can't believe God for it right now, just understand his love for you and just blindly and you know faith really is not blind faith is true sight but without thinking about it just put your faith in him and you just say I know that it's true I know that it's true for me because you love me God you don't have second best living for me you don't have pain. You don't have confusion. <coughs> you don't have ungodly relationships. You have your perfect heart for me. Blessings, kindness, goodness, mercy, faithfulness. Even to your old age and your gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you, and I will carry you. He will carry you when you can't take another step. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. His love for you will never fail. His love for you will never fail. He is for you. He is guarding you. He is guiding you. He is providing for you. He is your Jehovah Jireh. 
He is the Almighty. He is your shalom. He will never walk away. People will walk away from you. People will ridicule you. People will deceive you. People will wish you harm. People will try to bring harm. Those are spirits behind those people. Not, okay, we all understand that. See, God never, never, never will do any of that. He is always for you, never against you, always sustaining, always protecting, always believing. Jesus is always at the right hand of the Father, interceding on your behalf. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. The brethren, the brethren are the believers. God has chosen you. He accepts you right where you are. He accepts you. He says, come to me. He accepts you right where you are. You come to him and, and, and you allow him to do the work. Ephesians 1, 3 through 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing of Christ in heavenly places. According as he hath chosen us in him. You are chosen of the Father. You are chosen of the Father. You are not a second-hand citizen. You are chosen of the Father. Before the foundation of the world, he never changed his mind. He saw you before you were born. He knew you. He knew everything that you would do. He knew all the good. He knew all the bad. And you are chosen into the heart of the Father. You're created from the heart of the Father. Chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. My goodness, he's got good things for you to do. Wow. If he chose you, don't you think he has this miraculous, beautiful, supernatural, powerful life for you to live? And you know what? He has not changed his mind. You are beautiful. You are precious to him. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. You are adopted as his child because of the blood of Jesus. You are the brother. You are the sister of Christ. All the same rights, all the same privileges. He loves you just as much as he loves Christ. No difference. None. It's time you see yourself that way. You must see yourself this way. John 17, 23, Jesus said, Jesus said, let's pay attention, Jesus said, then the world will know you, Father, sent me and have loved them 
even as you have loved me. The same, exactly the same. You're not a little diminished individual. Adoption of children by Christ, by Jesus Christ, to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. That is his good pleasure over you. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. You are accepted in the beloved. Beautiful, precious, in his sight. Wow. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He is rich in grace toward you. So we must know that our mistakes do not remove us from the love of God. We have to know that. We have to come to a full revelation knowledge of that. That is the only way that you are going to be able to soar into the completeness of Christ living that he has intended for us. Wow. Because he loves us. He does not cast us away. He will never alienate us. People might cast you away, but not God. What's that scripture? Like Psalms 27 or 24? It says that though my mother and father forsake me, yet never will you, Father. Never will God forsake you. Never, 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 never. Romans 8, 31 what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son. He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. The whole world, whether the world comes to him or not, he gave him up for all. So great is his love but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Do you get it? Whom can bring a charge against you? You stay in him. You stay in, under the shadow of the Almighty. You take the problem to him. You take the mistake to him. Can anybody bring a charge against you at that point? No. No. It is under the blood. He sees you through the blood. All the redemption, all the forgiveness, all the mercy, all the grace. Run into the arms of a loving father, not away. Repentance is the easiest thing you'll ever do. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. <laughs> Don't you love walking knowing that? Wow. No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life. Thank you for the resurrection. 
is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Jesus. Jesus, what more do you need? Jesus is interceding for you. He's not listening to the accusations of the devil who accuses the brethren before the Father. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Hallelujah. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. 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 In all these things, you are not slaughtered sheep. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Because of the love. Because of the love. That's why we need to understand the love. That's why we must understand the love that he has for us. It is what makes you to conquer. He has defeated every enemy of his love for you. You get that? He has already defeated every enemy of his love for you. That's why we need to understand it. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing. Hallelujah. And we will conquer, we conquer as we understand that love for us. Your mistakes, your trouble, even the trouble that you bring on yourself because of your silly decisions. Even the trouble you bring out on yourself because of your, because nobody here at RCC, but because of people's rebelliousness. From walking away. Falling prey to demonic influences. Whatever, whatever. Nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. He's always loving you. He's always loving you. You know, not even the fact that a person has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior separates them from his love. It does not. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want to understand his love, you just say, Lord, I believe Jesus Christ is your son, that he died for me. Please forgive me of my sins, and I receive you into my life right now. And you're saved. You're in the beloved. It's really that simple. He did not condemn, come to condemn, but to save through his love for us. Again, John 3, 16. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Mark 2.17 On hearing this, Jesus, Jesus said, Jesus said to him, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad he came to call you? Aren't you glad that you saw the light? Because of his love, God is love. It is unconditional love. It is limitless love. It is never-ending love. It is always protecting, always persevering. It is always filled toward hope, with hope toward you. He has good plans to prosper you. He is always providing. He is always equipping. He is always patient. He is always good and kind toward you. He is always compassionate toward you. He is always merciful. It's who he is. See, love is a person. It's not an emotion. It is the character of God. It is the spirit of God. Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is with you. That statement alone that statement alone should sustain you for the rest of your life. This is the foundational scripture of this church. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love. In his love. He will no longer rebuke you but will rejoice over you with singing. He rejoices over you with singing, beloved. You have been chosen. You are beloved. You are accepted in the beloved. He is rejoicing over you at this very moment. Understanding this is the key. Understanding this is the key to our walking in that supernatural realm that we've been talking about here on earth. Got it? <laughs> I'm so glad. Okay. <laughs> well, beloved, we're going to take communion.